Welcome to She Found His Grace podcast, and I am your host, Serena Dykeson. I am so excited to have you here with us this evening, and I actually have a special guest that I am really excited to have on. It's actually someone I'm super fond of, which is my husband, Bruce. So welcome to the podcast, Bruce. Thank you, and I'm excited to be here and share some with your guest. So tonight we're actually going to talk about little nuggets of our story and kind of dig into kind of Bruce's perspective of being a post-abortive husband married to someone that's post-abortive and just kind of what we've learned along the way. So we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about being teens and and teen pregnancy and and also just the healing process and and marriage stuff and so we're just glad that you're here with us tonight and I'm gonna ask Bruce to share a little bit about his upbringing and and just kind of like um, if he attended church just get into kind of like um, how he grew up yeah so I am the oldest of four boys and uh, we uh, started out in uh, New Jersey um, and then moved uh, to uh, where we're at here in Indiana. Um, We always uh, as a family went to church uh, every Sunday and uh, did other uh, activities during the week with that and uh, uh, we went uh, before we moved out to Indiana we had gone to uh, a Christian school um, associated with our church uh, growing up. So I did that all the way from kindergarten to uh, seventh grade. Um, anything else about my... So you guys were kind of like, would you would consider yourself like the all-American family? Oh, I don't know if we were the all-American family, but I mean, we... We had a, a, a good um, middle class, lower middle class uh, lifestyle, I would say, and um, we enjoyed um, doing things as a family, and we, as boys, got to play uh, sports and participated in uh, town, town sports growing up. So I would say, like, our backgrounds were pretty different. I came from a pretty broken, non-church family, and so looking at your family, it was pretty, I would say pretty pretty normal looking at your family, because we definitely had different backgrounds. Yeah, I would agree with that. Your, your family's different than mine. Um, we always uh, did stuff with our extended family as far as like grandparents and um, aunts and uncles and cousins uh, on a fairly regular basis. Okay, so like since you grew up in the church, like did your parents like kind of talk to you about like not having sex before marriage? And did you guys talk about abortion? Were those topics in your family as a as a church family? Um, we didn't really talk about them. It was kind of just the. Uh, whole sex before marriage was a kind of the untalked about rule I guess you would say um, it was there but it's not 
like something we talked about as a family growing up and then we uh, we never really talked about abortion um, at all okay so like so we started dating pretty young and obviously we had sex before marriage and then you know finding out that I was I was pregnant and going to Planned Parenthood because we thought that Planned Parenthood was going to help us. Um, do you recall how you kind of felt going going to Planned Parenthood and also just the thought of, of me possibly being pregnant as a teen? Like, how, do you recall how you felt about that? Um, I can't really put it in words. Uh, I know I was... Uh nervous and scared um, but I don't uh, really recall any specific uh, things that were going through my mind because I remember just driving to, to Planned Parenthood and it, going to a neighborhood that we wouldn't we we didn't know about it was not a place that we typically would have would have gone to I don't know if you remember that at all yeah, no, and that was before the days of smartphones and GPS and things that, yeah, I don't even remember how we figured out how to how to get there except for, I guess, just looking up the address in a good old phone book. Yeah, that's probably how we figured it out. So, and then going into Planned Parenthood, like, do you remember how you felt going in there other than you were super nervous, not... You know that your girlfriend might be pregnant but do you remember any of the emotions associated with that not not really i mean we just i think we just went inside and sat in the waiting room for a bit until we and I, I guess maybe we filled out some paperwork and then went in the room but no i don't really recall i'm not even sure i went back and room with I yeah I don't remember for sure yeah I don't re- I don't remember either but I do remember going out to your car and just having that discussion and I just remember you saying what do you think about abortion and do you remember I mean do you remember saying that to me no not not really I mean I, I know we talked about it but I, I at this point but no I, I don't recall um, how it all came up or um, where we got started with that yeah I, I so remember you just asking me that question and just this emotion just kind of rising up of like just remembering my abortion and my assault and being like no I'm not I'm not gonna do that like definitely feeling empowered to say that I was not going to do that and I just I, yeah I just felt very empowered at that moment to 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 say no and what you know as a young man a teenager still in school how did you I mean were you scared what like walk me through that part 
I mean, yeah, I was scared and nervous of the unknown, what what was going to happen next, um, and what what the next all the next turn of events would be. I, I had I had no clue really what was going to go on. So, um, yeah, just really no idea on what to expect next. And I think for me, I think at that moment of you saying, no, you know, we're not going to have an abortion. We're going to figure it out. I think at that point, I think like you became kind of my hero at that point, like that it was definitely coming from a broken home. I think you became like my, my hero that day. And looking back, it probably was like in a very unhealthy way that you became my hero that day. Like it was good that you, you stood for life, but also in my brain coming from a broken home and just not feeling like anybody stood up for me. I, I remember looking back now, I, I, I can recall that that was a pivotal moment of maybe an unhealthy um, pivot in our relationship as much as I didn't realize it at the time I I realize it now um, do you do you remember like how you f- you felt hearing about my assault and my abortion for the first time Yeah, I mean, it was there was a, a fair amount of time between when that happened to you and when we found ourselves to be pregnant. So, um, but that was the the first time you had shared that with me, and um, I was uh, saddened to find out that that had happened to you, um, and. Uh, wanted to try to uh, definitely help you and and encourage you in any way that that I could from there forward after you had shared that. Did you really understand abortion at that point when when I talked about abortion? Like, since you grew up in the church and you... you had a different upbringing like what what hearing the word abortion like what did that trigger in your brain because I think for me I just didn't understand abortion but like for you growing up differently what what kind of what was your emotion behind that what how did you feel about that did you understand abortion at that point I I guess now at this point it sounds kind of silly to say, but I really didn't understand abortion and what the, what the obviously I knew the end result, but everything that goes along with that I had no clue um, because um, in my upbringing we we didn't talk about abortion um, outside of very little that. I, it, it was wrong, but not what went on um, during an abortion or what all the things that, that go along with it. Um, 
very little discussion about it um, at all. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, when you say that, like, as crazy as that sounds like, yeah, we just didn't, I had gone through the abortion, but I didn't understand it either. And, and to hear you say that too, and with talking with lots of people, I think they just don't understand abortion. Like they, they understand the end result. And I guess for me, I didn't even understand that part of it being 13, but I think just talking to a lot of people in the church, like they understand the end result, but they don't understand all that goes along with abortion. Um, Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would say. And the other thing too, along with that, um, kind of grew up in a sheltered environment and, you know, didn't know about, you know, those kind of things. And, um, and yeah, our, our church definitely didn't talk about it. And but again, that was in the um, you know early '90s, so I I would have to do kind of more of a, a study on it to see if if it was talked about as commonly as what it's talked about now. I think today maybe there's a little bit more of a of a heightened awareness or a heightened desire to educate people about it. And uh, I'm. I'm not uh, a student of it enough to know that if that awareness or that desire was was there in the in the early 90s. You know, it, you you mentioned that and I think with us being fairly fairly, you know, I want to say new to the pro-life movement, like we are and I say that I mean we were pro-life but like to be really in the trenches of pro-life movement. I think when you say that, I think that the church still probably is not talking about it as much as what they should be talking about it um, with just a lot of women that I talk to. And so, I don't know. I As far as like how far we've come, you know, how far we've moved along with with abortion, I don't know if it's still talked about in the church. Like, I think something that I've noticed is, you know, the Catholic church talks about pro-life and they talk about it quite a bit, but like the Protestant church, like, do you still feel like it's lagging? I would probably agree with that. Um, we did work as, uh, with, our company for a lady that a devout Catholic that um, had a sign along the road uh, for years um, asking for God to end abortion and uh, it was kind of a homemade sign I don't know if she made it herself or not but um, I never really saw any of the uh, Protestants that I knew during that time period that had a, you know, a sign up in their yard like that. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say even today at this point, um, I think maybe there's a little bit of a shift, but probably not to the extent that it it should be. I believe Christians, most Christians are, would say they're pro-life, but, um, to actually be involved in 
being pro-life um, is probably not not there as much as what the uh, uh, Catholics are. Also, the other thing that I would say is, um, you know, we probably didn't talk to our kids about being pro-life like you, you know, you talked about your parents, but also, like, I think that is not something we talked about our, you know, to our kids about as well. And looking back, I think I would do things differently um, with that just because I think that there's just so much in the world that if we as parents aren't talking about the pro-life issues, and I, I say pro-life issues, when, actually when it comes down to it it's, it, it's a heart issue. And so with that being said, like I think I would have talked to our kids differently about that. Um, just because I think we just, we, we dropped the ball completely on that. I feel like, don't you a little bit? Yeah, for sure. There was definitely a uh, room for, um, lots more discussions about that. But again, I think we just followed in the way we were brought up and, um, there was never really that aha moment in our lives till later on now as to um, doing, uh, being more vocal about pro-life um, and, um, and the stands for it. And whether that's, uh, you know, talking about being sidewalk counselors or um, being adopt, you know, ad- being open to adoption or, or fostering or any of those things that, yeah, just definitely could have been more um, part of a discussion, part of uh, a learning uh, point for uh, our family um, earlier on when our kids were growing up. And interesting enough, though, even though we were not talking about pro-life stuff, and I don't think we even realized it, but we, we fostered and we also were open to adopting, but never like connected it I don't think never with like a I mean obviously there's a purpose to it but never with a um maybe the the why behind it of we are doing it to to stand on pro-life but just more so just doing it as uh, something that we thought was a good thing yes Okay, so if we circle back a little bit, okay, so we're teenagers, we are in, you know, we just found out we're pregnant, we reject abortion, we have to tell our parents, and I remember being, like, scared out of my mind. Um, I, I think you could relate to being scared uh, to tell your parents, wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, no, for sure. I didn't know what to expect or the outcome of the um, discussion. Um, but uh, I think we realized at some point we had we had to do that, and, and we did. And uh, my parents uh, uh, were uh, taken back, um, surprised. But, um, uh, 
they were um, accepting and um, said that they would uh, help us uh, in any way that that they could and they did Um, so yeah definitely was a uh, a tough conversation I think we were fearful and I think we probably in our minds like thought of all the outcomes like I think you know any teenager or person that might be in that situation of like I'm scared to tell them and you know just like you you know that that seed of abortion was planted as like you know you can just do this and no one has to know and you know had I not had that abortion before you know like being scared teenagers we might have taken that bait maybe but we didn't and I think in our minds we thought like you know there's just definitely this fear base of like oh they're gonna be so mad they're gonna be this they're gonna be that and yeah I mean they were surprised, but I think they would have been devastated if we would have aborted. Yeah, I, I would agree. And um, that may have, yeah, the it may have appeared that that was the, um, I don't want to say easy answer, but just that that option was there um but we chose not to um and now at this point um I think we both can say that we're very 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 thankful that we didn't and we are blessed that we didn't um blessed by our um our daughter and then um then the family that that she has then too so um and now knowing what we know uh the effects of the abortion that you had at 13 and how that followed you all your life um i i can't imagine the uh compounding effects that that would have had uh, on top of the uh, issues that you wrestled with Uh, from just one abortion yeah I mean we often say how what a blessing our daughter is what a blessing our son is and our granddaughter and just you know how thankful we are and and um you know I wouldn't change that for the world and and yeah it, it was you know hard to have that conversation but I our whole family just loves loves our daughter and our son and our our granddaughter so you know our whole family tree would have shifted again and I'm so thankful that it didn't that you know we we kind of we dug in and said you know even though we didn't have it all figured out and we were scared I'm so thankful I'm so thankful that we 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 chose life and something that your parents said to us that I so I, I so appreciated is you know, that they wanted to help us, but they said we had to stop having sex. And, and I remember you having this conversation with me 
um, and just saying, you know, like we, we really need to not have sex until marriage. And, and I so respected that. And we, we stuck with that. Like that was a, something we did. We, we did a do over and, you know, as a, as a young man, was that an easy, easy thing to hold on to? Um, I'd say no, um, but I think we um, we had set a, a goal, and we um, had decided to to get married. So we used that opportunity to um, I don't know if you want to say restart, refresh, or just yeah, maybe a restart. Um, and we uh, we practiced that and 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 did it did practice that until we uh, until we did get married. And I'm thankful for for that that we we did. You know, it's isn't that just like how how it is with you know like we fall fall short. All of us can fall short, but God gives us a redo, and that was kind of like a redo in a sense. And so, like, if someone's listening and, you know, you've, you've had sex and you've had a baby and you're not married, like, you know, I just want to encourage you to take a stand to, to do that reset because it's going to be something that will so benefit your relationship and there's just benefits in that. And, and that was something that I just really appreciated your parents saying to us. And coming, you know, not growing up in a, in a Christian home, I didn't realize how much that was, how much value that had until later on in life. And so that's something that was really, I, I really valued. Um, so, so we, we had our beautiful daughter and we got married. Do you want to talk a little bit about our, our wedding day as, uh, as teenagers, getting married as teenagers, what can you can you walk me through that kind of your perspective? Well, it was a, a busy day, and it was a, a busy year for us. Uh, that year, um, our, our daughter was was born in in March, and then um, I finished out my senior year. Um, and then we got uh, we got married in in June, uh, the morning of my graduation. And then that evening we, I uh, graduated high school. Um, and part of that was um, not sure on how we settled on that, but um, I had family that was in from out of town for uh, my graduation. So we decided to um, accomplish two milestones in uh, one day in less than 12 hours. So yeah, it was definitely a eventful day, eventful year. I still remember just getting to the church and you were already there. So like, how did you feel? Like how, how did you feel that day? I, I guess I was, excited to to do it and to uh, say I do um, obviously probably was 
nervous too uh, going into it, um, but um, I think just ready to tackle the next uh, next stage, the next season of life. We had we had uh, our daughter, and it was time to uh, to be a family. Yeah, and something, you know, something that I want to touch on is, you know, you just being, even though you were a teenager, you stepping up is, and, and doing manly things, like, you didn't, you didn't pout, and you didn't throw fit, like, you just, like, were responsible, you went to, you know, you were working part-time, and, and, you know, also, we had the help of the church during that time, too, and your family, but, like, you, you didn't complain and you didn't, you know, like sometimes I talk to, to girls and they, something they'll say is, you know, he's just really mad that I'm keeping this baby or, you know, he's still out doing, you know, acting like a kid instead of a man. And, and you really manned up and really like stepped up to the plate. And even on the wedding day, like we didn't have any money to get married. Like, I I think that the wedding invitations was on bright pink copy paper. <laughs> I mean, and then didn't we for our our decorations we used prom decorations that we took from prom? Like I think we decorated with that. So I mean, we did not have money. So I you know like when someone's like I don't have money to get married or whatever, I'm like there's really no excuse. <laughs> Because we didn't have money. <laughs> so, uh, that's that's truth. I don't I don't remember the the decorations, but you have a, a better memory for all those kind of details. So Yeah. So okay, so we get married and we add to our second we add our son and I was still in high school and we I graduated high school and you know, how did you feel like life was going at that point? Uh, I thought good. I mean, there was definitely challenges of um, providing for uh, the family and needs and uh, being responsible and um, paying rent and, and insurances and all that good stuff. But I felt overall um, we were doing okay and I think we enjoyed life at that point yeah yeah I I think so too I mean to give you a little bit of our you know background a little bit like it was important for me to stay home with the kids like we felt like that was a value so Bruce was the only income coming in at that time and I was stay-at-home mom and I mean there was a lot of sacrificing that happened but God always provided for us I would say you know God and Bruce was a good number cruncher like really good at crunching the numbers and we were not wasting and we were really being good stewards of what we had for sure yeah and we had um, people from our church that helped us out in the, the first house. Uh, they had a little house that needed some work. Um, so we, I, I, I did the work and also worked on 
they had th that little house on the property and another house and they had uh, eight or ten acres and needed some maintenance type of things so they offered a kind of work for rent or partial rent and then rent um, so that that was very very helpful and um, we had the uh, car that we had paid for and with cash and so we didn't have a car payment and uh, yeah just lived very very simply and didn't have a lot of uh, frills so then so by the time we were 23 we bought our first house and um, which we thought was a, probably a badge of honor at that point like that we thought that that was like a pretty big deal to be able to buy our first house at 23 um, because most of our friends were still in college um, they had not started family so that was kind of a big deal for us don't don't you think yeah no I mean, uh, I recall exactly that it was 23 but again you have a better memory for for those details and than I do, um, but we were definitely young, um, and we were definitely um, further along in our adulthood walk than uh, our peers. Um, most of our peers were, like you said, finishing college or uh, just getting out of college and getting their first job and starting to settle into uh, some kind of uh, quote-unquote adulthood. Um, while we had probably five years underneath our belt while they were getting started. And the only reason why I remember it was 23 is because it was my birthday. So my 23rd birthday. So that's why I remember it. So we, we're doing life with our small family and, um, and then I had a miscarriage and can you kind of talk about that miscarriage a little bit? Like what you recall about what kind of happened during that time? Yeah. Um, I, it happened uh, fairly, fairly quick and it was unexpected. And um, I, uh, I didn't uh, didn't uh, support you in the, all the the ways that I, I could have, um, but I didn't realize the the level of grief that that you had. Um, and uh, looking back at it, I wish I could have done things differently, um, but um, yeah, the, I. I think I remember the doctor saying, you know, those things just kind of happen. And uh, I I kind of just processed it that way when you, you processed it a different way. And um, I should have been more uh, open to uh, or trying to help you process it yeah because if we think about it and we look and we think back you know 
at this point we've had an assault with no healing no counseling we've had an abortion without no healing or counseling and now we throw a miscarriage another loss and it just was a mixture of of just a disaster that was brewing and and so we added to it and and so yeah we we were definitely processing things differently at that point and that's I think when we started um realizing like we started having marital problems at that point and I think I had a lot of anger towards you and I don't think you were realizing where where that was coming from and I think that that was hard for you to understand because I, I remember like driving home from the hospital and seeing this congratulations it's, it's a boy and crying and you looking over at me like what's going on and I I think that I just really let a lot of anger come in at that point at you because I felt like you didn't understand me at all I would agree and I didn't understand you and um, I guess I would encourage any any uh, man that's listening to this uh, or even any uh, woman that has had a miscarriage uh, to try to um, help their their husband to be able to understand what you're going through to be open and communicate uh, the sense of loss that you're feeling and if you are a man uh, that has that your wife has had an abortion or not abortion I'm sorry a miscarriage um, to to try to look into that and and see how you can support her uh, try to read up on it and and or maybe find somebody else that has gone through that so that uh, you can be a better support to your uh, to your wife well, what I love is even like our local pregnancy center has a um, classes that they offer for um, for for uh, grieving the loss of a baby, um, and you know I didn't know anything about that. We didn't know anything about that at that time, and I really think that that would have been beneficial for us to be able to attend that, and I think we probably would have had we known that that was available. Exactly. And you like to say, you don't know what you don't know, and we didn't know. Um, so I guess that's I guess the other thing is, too, is if you know somebody that has had a miscarriage, to just encourage them to, to go to one of the, to, to take advantage of uh, the resources that are out there for, for healing. Because it is, it is a loss, um, and uh, it's important to grieve that loss properly. And something that I have noticed, like, and, and looking back, like I, I say that we probably would have gone. Um, but also with that being said, I know that sometimes I talk to other women and they're like, no, I'm good. And I think sometimes we think we're better than what we really are in a process of, of grief or, or healing or whatever and we can continue to to um shed the layers of of that grief and and process things that's a continuous thing in life so um 
So I have the miscarriage and then I begin to have all sorts of health issues and I feel like we we never ever even thought about abortion might have been what was causing all my health issues. Like I know that never crossed my mind. Was that something that crossed your mind? No, not really because we didn't uh, we didn't talk about the your your abortion wasn't something that we we brought up. Um, it's not necessarily something that we or myself that I purposely didn't bring up. It's just I guess something that I never thought to bring up or think about. Um, and uh, yeah, with your um, ovary rupturing and uh, just your other other complications, um, never just thought it was more related to uh, genetics or just yeah your overall health versus anything else that or a possibility that it was tied into the abortion that you had and during that time like how was that taking a toll like I was not feeling good I was emotionally and physically not feeling well how were you doing during that process um, I mean, I just kind of had to help you the best that I could as far as like healing from, um, your ovary rupturing and then later on your, your hysterectomy and, um, healing physically from those things. And then also, um, while you still took care of uh, our kids, I, there was some things that you couldn't do, um, uh, like weight restrictions things. So I had to kind of help out and do do those things. And then we had the uh, uh, financial uh, part to to recover from those different surgeries that had taken place. Um, we maybe had insurance for one of them or not insurance. I forget now. For sure, but there was definitely the uh, the co-payment and all those those other things that go along with it. So we had some fairly large uh, bills that needed to be paid. Uh, so there was definitely that added uh, stress to the uh, to our marriage and our family and uh, our budget. And I feel like our marriage was taking a hit with that. And I feel like we were allowing some stuff into our home that we probably shouldn't have been. I mean, we were we we knew Jesus, but I I th- don't think we were walking as close as what we should have been with Him, and so I think we allowed like drinking and going to the bars, and we definitely turned to other things instead of Jesus during that time, and and probably let you know started hanging around. Um, you know, we didn't have a solid core of believers around us at that time. Do you think, looking back, you know, to do a do-over, I mean, what? how would you have done things differently? Because definitely, like, that did not help our marriage when, when we were kind of walking through it. Well, and that's, that's true. Um, I think maybe just seeking the Lord more in those in those times and then also trying to 
um, maybe go deeper in our relationship with him instead of uh, numb or handle the pain in different ways um, and then also just the the people that we ended up hanging out with just they weren't terrible people but they weren't people that were pushing us to, uh, closer towards our relationship either with Christ uh, they just were uh, more not necessarily accepting of just kind of plateaued maybe um, where they're at and definitely just more of a, a worldly view than uh, a godly view Right. I think definitely like they took the view of the world instead of like, you know, a Christ centered uh, stance or view and and didn't necessarily point us to Jesus during that time. And thinking back on that, we were not pointing them to Jesus either with our actions for sure. And so it just was not a good it was not a good season for us at all. We were not all in for the Lord at all. And it showed in how we reacted and how we responded. And it was a slow trickle, don't you think, to to what was to come? Yeah. I don't know if I say slow trickle or slow burn. But yeah, definitely. Definitely started the, the spiral uh, out of control. And it wasn't a, necessarily a fast descent, but it just slowly gradually one thing led to another and we found ourselves in a place that we we didn't think we would be in uh, probably uh, looking back you know years before that that that's where we would end up but uh, a lot of that had to do with uh, just not being not not being aware of the effects of your abortion and abuse and uh, just the different different ways that you had uh, experienced life before and uh, it all uh, compiled and uh, yeah finally this came to a head so then we walked through another crisis and it became clear that I had not healed from my abortion and my, my rape. And can you just kind of talk about like what it was, what it was like in our home at that time? Yeah, there was moments of hope, but there was a lot of chaos and a lot of, um, miscommunication, lack of understanding, um, an inability to, for either one of us to be able to help the other one um, get to a better point. Um, seemed like one of us would maybe be striving towards uh, getting better. Um, but then the other one would be going in the other direction. And um, 
I think uh, one of the things we learned about in uh, marriage uh, classes that we went to after this all happened, um, which would have been handy to know before, would have been the conflict cycle that we got stuck in. And um, nobody ever uh, told us about that and the uh, important of, of realizing that and, and calling maybe a timeout or, uh, you know, setting some healthy boundaries to, to conflict to be able to say, well, let's, let's just wait a minute, you know, let's, let's take a breath, let's, uh, let's take a timeout and, and also to realize that the things that we were going through were uh, not, obviously they were issues between us, but it wasn't so much that it was you versus me or me versus you, but it was more of uh, spiritual warfare and the and the devil trying to uh, uh, to take take our marriage and ruin it. I think also too something that I learned in that process is, you know, here we had yet another trauma that happened. And so I had layer after layer after layer, and I was so hurting, and I was looking for you to fix me. And, you know, I, I had put you on a pedestal, and you wouldn't, and, and you, you, and my eyes were falling short every single time because I was trying to have you fix it fill a spot that it was never intended for you to fill and so I remember one time just like after um I I we had gotten into an argument and I remember looking at you and I'm like that's it you're no longer my number one and I remember you responding praise the lord like how did that feel for you for me to finally take that pressure off of you um, I good. I don't remember that event for you know specifically, but I do recall uh, trying to do the best that I could, and it always it, there for a long time seemed like my best was never good enough, or I would think that I was meeting the mark, only for the the mark to get kicked down the road another 150 feet to have to do another 150 feet to the next step. Um, so yeah, and it was good to realize, or for you to realize that when you realized that I, 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 I couldn't do what you needed me to do. And that was, um, Jesus's job, uh, not, not mine. Um, so that was, uh, that was a first step in you starting to, uh, receive some healing and, um, move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, finally, you know, finally getting to that point of like, okay, we're gonna, you know, like our marriage was literally falling apart and we were, um, you know, on the brinks of getting divorced. And then finally, you know, God intervened and started the healing process of counseling, which was not easy. And, and, you know, that whole counseling uh, going to counseling, I mean, we couldn't even afford really to go to counseling, but yet you made it a priority to make sure that happened. 
So how did you go about that? Because so many people will say, we can't afford to go to counseling. And they're in the thick of a lot of hurt, a lot of brokenness, and so desperately need to go to counseling. So how, how, how would you talk about the importance and how you made that happen? Well, I would say the importance is that you, um, you feel like you can afford counseling, but realistically, the, the real perspective is, is you can't afford not to go to counseling. Because if you put it off, it's going to catch up with you. Um, I, I would say if we didn't go to counseling, we would have been divorced and um, definitely would not be sitting here to, right now having this conversation. Um, we would not be uh, enjoying the family that we have, uh, the close family uh, that we have and the ability to get together and enjoy everyone's company and uh, even, you know, last summer going on a a family vacation with uh, everybody. Um, I I don't, I don't think those would have happened. Um, So if, if we wouldn't have made the sacrifices to go to counseling, um, as far as finding a way to pay for it, um, we would have paid for it in other ways later on down the road. Maybe not financially, but maybe in ways that were more costly than financially. Um, and uh, yeah, it just, I mean, we just, we, uh, you know, maybe drove a cars or vehicles that were older than other people's, lived in smaller houses than other people, used uh, or had used furniture in our living room longer than than our other friends, and we didn't have uh, cable TV. We still don't have cable TV to this day. Um, But we, and, and the graciousness of our, of the counselors that we had gone to, they had set up payment plans and they were zero interest. So they were, they were truly people that wanted to help people. Um, so, and, and godly people. So God blessed us with the right counselors and that were willing to work with us and, and take our monthly payment of, you know, whatever it was, whether it was $50 or, um, or if we had to put it off a month, I, I'm pretty sure there was a couple months we couldn't make the payment. And, they just said, well, that's okay. We'll just, we'll catch up. And we did. We, we paid. We paid everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took, uh, took a while, um, but definitely it was definitely worth it. And, you know, Pastor Dave says, show me your checkbook and I'll show you what you value. So, um, you know, at that point in our, our lives, writing that, that check to the counselor is, is, what we valued um it was something that we we had to do the emotional work but then we also had to pay the the financial um part of it so we were we were all in to um to counseling and 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 getting help and 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 learning about the things that we needed to learn about and how to handle them and in, in ways that were healthy and also that uh, honored honored God. With that, you know, you you talked about you know um, putting in the work. 
was it easy? Like, was that an easy process, the putting in the work of the healing? No, but, you know, the, the cliche, the saying, uh, nothing in life uh, that is worth it is easy. And uh, it, it wasn't easy. But, again, maybe it would have been easier not to go in the short, quick fix of things. But in the scope of things... I don't feel that we would have been any better off. Um, I definitely feel that our lives are 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 are, are much much better now. Um, not only emotionally, but just the fact that we our family's intact and we uh, we have uh, our granddaughter and, uh, someday looking forward to more and just all those things that we can do together. Yeah, and, and, and cherish cherish those those memories and and build more memories because those are things that you'll you'll never get back. Um, and the uh, uh, the work that that we put into it was definitely definitely worth it. And no different than any other goal that you have uh, in your life, as far as you know, whether it's a financial goal or if it's a a goal of running a marathon, you you have to you have to put in the work. Um, one last, last question. Um, so when I started sharing my story and I started talking about abortion, like how, how did you feel about that? How was, how was that for you as a husband for me to go publicly sharing my story about my abortion? Well, I guess for me, um, it wasn't. really didn't affect me in a, a negative way um, because I don't know if it would be different for uh, a spouse who who was was with the uh, person that had the abortion you know that maybe would have been a little different but um, yeah no I it, it didn't really affect affect me much um, and again too at, at this point in our lives when you started talking we we had uh, we had learned to communicate better so even if uh, you know I was I was feeling one way or another about it it was something that we could talk about versus me not talking about it um and just burying it or, or even, and, and being able to, um, support you in your, in your desire to, to talk about it and to educate and to help prevent other women from, from having an abortion and, and those that have had an abortion to, to find healing. Um, and I guess for me, I feel um, honored or I, f I feel like the things that we went through have value that we can share those things so that maybe somebody else doesn't have to uh, 
experience them on the level that that we did um, you know that everybody um, you know has has things that go on in their lives or you know even if Welcome to She Found His Grace. This is part two of the interview with my husband. We ran out of time. And so we need, we want to finish up uh, with that interview. Sorry that we ran out of time. We are as new podcasters learning the ins and outs of all of this. So thank you for showing us grace. So we're going to finish up the interview with my husband and this is kind of a short part two of this episode and so thank you for for showing us grace in this um so my husband was just kind of talking um about do you want to finish up where where you were kind of finishing up with that or do you feel pretty good at where we left off um not quite sure we got cut off pretty abruptly um and I was rambling on what was (laughs) so okay so you know we're gonna I have one more question for you and I said I had one more question for you before and I really felt like we couldn't like just end the episode the way it did and so I feel like we need to wrap this up and we we're not gonna you know, we just spent an hour recording, so we're just not going to redo that. But, um, so my last question that I have is, okay, so a wife decides that she is ready to tell her story and she may have gone through healing. She may not have gone through healing. I guess, you know, for me, like I felt I had that radical encounter with the Lord And I felt like I was pretty healed. So when someone asked me about post-abortive healing, I know that I rolled my eyes. And so I would ask, like, what would you say about that? Like the post-abortive healing. If a woman is ready to share her story and she's like, I feel pretty good. And she hasn't gone to a post-abortive healing retreat. What would you, what would you say about that? Um, I guess I would say that, you know, you did kind of start talking about your your story prior to your um, your post-abortive healing um, that you went through. Um, but I kind of, uh, looking back at it now, um, I'm definitely I'm definitely glad that you have gone through the healing. Um, and I think it, it was definitely good for you and also, you know, maybe looking at our, our, our life and the fact that we didn't go to counseling or you didn't seek healing earlier on in, in our marriage, um, when maybe if we would have realized that that would have been benefit, beneficial and then done it, that would have saved us a lot of, uh, a lot of heartache where now that you went you had the opportunity to go to the post-abortive healing um, sooner than later that that was uh, I think just maybe God's way of, of, of 
providing um, just another level of healing for you and also the fact that um, yeah you received healing and maybe things would have been fine without it but I think things are a lot better uh, with it now that you've gone gone for healing um, you're able to uh, I think communicate more effectively about what you went through um, you understand things better um, you also had the opportunity to to, to grieve uh, the loss of, of those uh, uh, two little ones so I think uh, it's definitely something that uh, a woman should do uh, if, if they've gone through uh, an abortion or uh, even a, a miscarriage to, to get to take to experience the the healing that's there because uh, there's uh, probably things that you don't realize that you're 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 going through or or ways that you're processing uh, feelings that you uh, you don't even realize and when you're able to go to one of these uh, retreats for healing um, I think it just gives you a new awareness for for how you are are handling your your emotions. So I think I I definitely think I would have responded differently to different situations because like when I started sharing my story there were definitely people that were not nice online and um I think pro life people were awesome and how they responded but like for example, the abolitionist, like, I think that would have really tripped my trigger had I not gone to the retreat, um, for sure. And I don't think I would have handled that well. And I see that happen with lots of women as far as, um, they're ready to, to share their story and then, um, something, something will trip them and trigger them. And so that's why I, I'm such an advocate for the post-abortive healing retreats. Um, so a wife is ready to, t- to share her story, and it might not be as public as mine, but as a husband, um, you know, if a wife decides she's going to start sharing her story, there might be a husband that might be like, might be concerned for his wife. He might be, it might have a little bit of guilt or shame or fear can you like kind of hit on that a little bit of of you know some advice that you could give him well I guess something that I I remind myself that um, my value doesn't come in what other people think of me it comes from uh, Jesus Christ um, so if, if you're feeling shame or, or I, yeah, I, I don't know the feeling that you might be going through, but, um, if, if, if your, if your wife feels called to share her story, um, and she's gone through healing and, and, and can process and handle things in a healthy way, I guess, um. I would encourage to anybody to to pray about 
what they're going to do and pray for obedience and and guidance from the Lord. And, um, yeah, just uh, be supportive and and, uh, not necessarily worry too much about what others might, might think of you. Also, the other thing that I would ask is um, what what has been the response to people coming to you after I've shared my story? Like people at church, what have they they've said to you? What are some of the comments you've heard? Um, I mean, I haven't heard anything negative. Um, just people. Um, being supportive of, of you and, and and saying that they're praying for you and what you're doing and um, just uh, supportive and in, in, in the fact that you're trying to uh, educate uh, other Christian women on, on the effects of abortion because uh, there's uh, uh, probably uh, a lot of uh, Christian women in in the church that have had an abortion uh, that that need healing and need to be able to um, maybe even find uh, forgiveness uh, through the Lord. And this is like the last, the last question, the last to the last to the last question. <laughs> I'm serious this time. <laughs> I wish you guys could see his face. <laughs> He's like. He's like, uh, yeah, this is not your last question. Um, for you, what would you like to see the church do more of in regards to abortion in the church and how we talk about it? And, and what would be beneficial to you? Like, I feel for me personally, I feel like, you know, we as a church, we don't talk about it. And so since we don't talk about it, it could feel it feels like this dirty little secret and so therefore it's so bad that we can't talk about it that that so many women and men want to bury it also i feel like since the church doesn't talk about it then it's almost like we're saying it's okay and we have you know going to the abortion clinic seeing you know and even talking to women that are christians that are going to church even just last week, you know, having abortions. So I feel like because we don't talk about it, it almost sends that message, even though that's not the message the church wants to give. But what, what could we be doing differently as a church to, to help with this? Well, I mean, I think you pretty much said it all right there, but just talk about it and bring awareness to it and um, you know, I think sometimes there's a, a um, I don't know if it's a fear or if it's a, uh, nobody wants to, to talk about the graphic nature of it um, to protect um, kids from, from, you know, hearing about the, 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 the gruesomeness of, of the abortion itself and but I think we need to um, have a better awareness. Um, and the other thing about 
talking to it when when you bring it to light there's no place for it to hide um and uh the more that the more awareness the the more possibility for uh, that woman that is just absolutely stuck um because of her feelings of of worthless or her whatever her feelings might be because of her abortion uh, maybe unloved that that she can't experience God's love and forgiveness which is a lie from the devil um and what what that ends up happening then is um that that woman is not as effective for the kingdom as she could be um whether that's uh, as a Sunday school teacher or whether that's as a mom or or you know all, all those different layers that end up just compiling because of the fact that we as a church aren't aren't talking about it and 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 aren't showing uh, the grace and love of of our Lord and Savior to to uh, to these women that are hurting just because we're we're keeping it a secret instead of being able to to show them love that they uh, so deserve and uh, so that that so much that Christ wants to them to feel amen that's awesome so that wraps up our section two of episode two uh, however you say that and she found his grace and you know something that I would just like to do before we we end this Bruce I would like for you to just kind of pray and in this session and um I just thank you for being on this podcast I appreciate your wisdom and your your nuggets and I'm sure that I will ask you to come on again and um I just so appreciate you as a male um as my husband and as a male and also as a believer who stands for life and you know just having that voice because i think you know especially nowadays that that it's that saying you know no uterus no opinion but the men i know that are actually speaking up for life they they do have a voice and they have wisdom and you know so many of these women come from broken homes and men just can really speak into these ladies lives and um and so I just so appreciate you and speaking for life and other men that have contacted uh, She Found His Grace Ministries because you guys bring so much value to the table. And um, especially now when there's just this loud, you know, these these women that are just saying you guys don't have an opinion and that's such such a lie you guys are so valued so i just am thankful you are you were on the podcast today so um if you could just close up by praying that would be awesome and um you know we look forward for you to join us the next time on she found his grace podcast we welcome uh stories to be submitted if you have a story that you uh of you finding God's grace through abortion, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can find our website at serenadykeson.com and uh, submit your story or you can find She Found His Grace 
uh, Facebook page and reach out that way. And any way we can support you and love you and encourage you, we want to we wanna do that. We want to see you um, heal and walk in Christ's freedom. So if you could go ahead and end this session with prayer, that would be awesome. Okay. Um, first, I just want to say thank you for inviting me. And uh, I am uh, proud of the work that you're doing and the people that you have helping you. And uh, I'm just uh, excited to see what God is going to do. So, uh, Father God, we just uh, thank you for this time, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, um, those that have heard it and needed encouragement have have found encouragement, Lord. And may uh, uh, may that uh, encouragement not be found in our words, but in you, Lord. Uh, may you um, just... Lord, if there's a, a lady uh, that's listening to this that is uh, um, dealing with the effects of, uh, of, a, of an abortion, God, may you just uh, touch her uh, right now, right here. Um, God, in a special way that only, only she would know that it's directly you. God, may it be like, uh, like you're, uh, you're talking uh, directly to her. Uh, May your uh, hand of uh, grace just be on her shoulder. Uh, God, you uh, love us so much. Uh, You, uh, today is uh, um, Saturday after Good Friday. Tomorrow we get to celebrate um, the day that you uh, arose from the grave and that you, um, you sealed the deal and that our our failures, our shortcomings uh, on this earth don't matter. You have paid the price in full. And Lord, you just love us so much. And you um, have blessed uh, uh, Serena and I so richly, Lord. And I just thank you for that. And I just I pray that you would bless uh, those that are uh, listening, Lord. May they uh, just come to know you on a, a much deeper level. And God, I just um, I thank you for again for your love and your grace and your mercy and uh, just the amount that you pour it out uh, and it's uh, new every day Uh, god uh, just uh, again be with uh, uh, that woman uh, that that needs your uh, your healing touch Uh, god move mightily and uh, show up and show off again I, i thank you and look forward to the work that you're going to do. It's in your name I pray. Amen.